You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. I have an amazing guest here today with a business mission of inspiring entrepreneurs to believe that they can make success happen for themselves. And seriously, she and her partner have figured out how to do just that to the tune of over 4,000 podcast episodes and over 150 million listens. You know, it almost sounds unreal, but with starting the daily podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, back in 2012, Kate Erickson joined her husband, John Lee Dumas, in the business a year later and has skyrocketed the brand's growth. And this story is about so much more than becoming a seven-figure business, though. It's about creating the life you want to live and then empowering others to do the same. The long game for them is helping people create freedom in their lives while they live it as well, while they have freedom in their own lives. So we go deep today with Kate Erickson, who works behind the scenes at Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast where John Lee Dumas interviews inspiring entrepreneurs who are truly on fire. She is also the host of Kate's Take, where she shares a behind-the-scenes look at running a seven-figure business and is the co-host of Nicole and Kate Can Relate, a podcast about the power of conversations. Today, we dive deep into online trust and how transparency can build trust. And it's all part of a larger conversation of building community. Kate gives some great advice on keeping the conversation going with your audience. And she shares the background and ideas behind sharing monthly income reports for their brand. You know, these are a big source of inspiration, insight, as well as the realities of business. You know, the concept of sharing these monthly reports is so interesting to me. You know, they really put themselves out there in doing so, and they have built all sorts of additional content from this business step as well. So there's a a lot bundled up here. And Kate gets actionable again, sharing the simplicity of the funnel used for Entrepreneurs on Fire and how that in the end, it's actually quite a work of art, but it isn't anything that any one of us can't do. It's about understanding the journey you take people on from the time they listen to your show or land on your website. How do you introduce them to what you offer? And Kate shares how the community that has been created in their membership, Podcasters Paradise, has taught them and has shifted how they show up in their own membership. So this episode is chock full of ideas to build community, build your business, and live the lifestyle you want along the way. It is truly inspiring to hear how people did it and continue to do it. The long game is Entrepreneurs on Fire with Kate Erickson. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here, and let's get to today's episode. 
Welcome to another episode of The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano, and you are in for a treat today. Buckle up for some actionable, motivational, and basically on fire ideas and insights. Today, I am joined by Kate Erickson, who works behind the scenes at Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast where John Lee Dumas interviews inspiring entrepreneurs who are truly on fire. She is also the host of Kate's Take, where she shares a behind-the-scenes look at running a seven-figure business, and the information she shares on that podcast is so good. And she is also the co-host of Nicole and Kate Can Relate, a podcast about the power of conversations. And Kate's goal is to help entrepreneurs achieve financial and lifestyle freedom. So thank you so much for making the time today, Kate, and I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for inviting me on and for a great intro. I really appreciate the shout out to Kate's take. You said before we hit record that you're a listener, so um, I love hearing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your mission truly comes through in the content that you create. You share a lot. There are so many things that you're doing in your business that we can all learn from. And you are really open about the journey and the methods that you use. Yeah. I mean, I've always from the start been all about transparency, even when that feels really uncomfortable and can be very scary. (laughs) You know, being an open book is not super easy all of the time. But I know that it's a core value of mine to share what I know and not hold anything back. John and I have always been on the same page about that. And we've been doing that since day one with Entrepreneurs on Fire. And I think it's a huge reason why we were able to build our audience as quickly as we did. Because when you're building an audience, and especially when you're building a community, that connection, the personal connection that people feel that they can make with you is so important. And I think that's especially true today. Because you kind of, I mean, in a lot of ways, you don't know who to trust online, right? So we do connect with people who are being open and transparent and honest about what they're doing and how they're doing it. I think that that helps us stand out. There's a few aspects of community building. You know, one is building that audience. And then the other part is like them feeling connected and engaging with you. So, you know, you've got to figure out not just the bring them in, but keep them connected along the way. And, you know, when it comes to this and building community, you have created Fire Nation, as you refer to your community of listeners, and it has consistently developed over the years. You know, obviously it's a compounding action with, you now have over 150 million listens on that. So a big audience that compounds upon itself. But do you think there was some advantage just in terms of the timing and some of the things that you did because you started so early in podcasting back in 2012? Like there really wasn't anything on the airwaves like Entrepreneurs on Fire before. Definitely. I think timing was huge for us. But I also say that with the caveat that I don't think that it's quote unquote too late for someone to start either. I think that's what a lot of people think when they hear (laughs) that. Throw the towel, people. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, today you just have to find that extra uniqueness and have a real deep niche Back then, we didn't have to rely so heavily on that. Our uniqueness was the fact that we were the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. And today, that's certainly you know not true anymore. There's a podcast on just about everything. But you find your niche and you find ways to be unique in other ways. So I definitely think our timing was huge for us. 
I think that because we were such an early interview podcast that we were able to get guests on who had never been able to tell their story on a podcast before. It was brand new to them. And now you hear someone on a podcast and they're not only on that podcast, they're on 50 other podcasts. And so it loses a little bit of the appeal at that point for that guest to to then share the show, right? If they're on a podcast five times a week or the uh, episode drops, you know, every day in a week, that's kind of hard to keep pushing that to your audience, especially because again, going back to the uniqueness, a lot of podcasts ask the exact same questions of people. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that we had going for us is very early on, guests were so happy to share the show because that was kind of one of their first exposures to being able to share with their audience, hey, look at a little bit of my background. And it was a way for them to share their personality and their background with their audience. So it was such a win-win. And our guests sharing the show was such a huge help in helping us build our audience initially because we had no followers. We had no platform. John Lee Dumas was not a name. Entrepreneurs on Fire was not a brand. Mm-hmm. So to have other people in the space who were experts, who were did have credibility and authority already, for them to go to their audience and say, hey, check out this podcast that I was just on, it was kind of like automatic credibility and authority for us by association. So yes, timing, (laughs) uniqueness, all of that played a big part in our ability to grow quite quickly in the beginning. And podcasting is a long game. And what you talk about on Kate's Take, you know, you talk about a lot of long game strategies. And one of the strategies that you recommend for people now is even guesting on other podcasts. So still that same piece that you use to grow is still relevant today. It's just, we've got to tweak it for this time frame. Mm-hmm. And I think that for those podcasters, and in, even if you're not a podcaster and you're using podcast guesting as a strategy for your business, I think it mm-hmm. works for people who don't have a podcast as well. If you're willing to put in the time and really research the best podcast for you to be a guest on, you can really get yourself some incredible exposure for free, you know, spend a little bit of your time, connect with an amazing human being, build a relationship, get to know somebody else's business, all the while sharing yours. And when you do spend the time to find those podcasts that do have an audience that's similar to who you're speaking to or who that you know would really resonate with whatever product or service or or content that you put out there, I mean, I think podcast guesting is a fantastic way to get your name and your brand out there. Yeah. And I also think it's back to what you were saying earlier, like just sharing your story and showing your personality. You know, you leap off the page, so to speak, in a different way than just, hey, I'm writing a blog article. And even though sarcasm can come through in writing, like it's just different. Like, you know, the power of video, the power of audio really help accelerate the relationship. As I said, I feel like I know you because I listen to your podcast, right? Yeah. Like, here you are. And I know so much about you. The personal connection that you get through audio is pretty incredible. It like fast forwards it. And for a lot of people, <laughs> myself included, I consider myself somewhat an introvert. It's not always super comfortable for me to just mm. talk about myself and what I do and my background. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes you can feel like you're just tooting your own horn. When you go on a podcast and somebody else kind of helps you talk through that in a way where you're providing a ton of value in the process, that's a great thing. <laughs> Everyone wins. 
That is so interesting to me, the introvert take that you say, because you're you're on. I mean, you just did the 100, you know, recently, the 100 days where you're daily podcasting. So like that is really a push of yourself and showing up, you know, and showing up for your audience in a way. So that's really interesting yeah, to me. I found early on that podcasting is a pretty cool way for introverts to <laughs> still kind of be a little bit behind the scenes, yet share content and value. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I started my podcast just to have a platform and to share my own story without even really the plan, so to speak, to be like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with it. It was, I didn't want to sit and write. I mean, I'm, I write for this, but it was a way, you know, talking has come so natural to me. So I was like, I'm just going to get on there and talk and talk to people too. So good for you. <laughs> Let's talk about the engagement piece, you know, because, all right, you get some eyeballs on you. And I love how you talk about in your work, the engagement doesn't happen on the podcast, right? The podcast is for the call to action. You know, so the other part of building community is connecting with people and getting that engagement. Yeah. And I think a lot, a big mistake that a lot of people make is they feel like engagement has to happen one way. Like if I don't have people reaching out to me and leaving me voice messages or fill in the blank, whatever engagement is for you, then I've failed and it's not working. But engagement comes in so many different forms. It can be a comment on a post that you do on social media. It can be a direct message. It can be an email. It can be so many different things. It can be you at an event, having someone come up to you and say, thank you so much for your podcast. All of these are people starting a conversation with you. And I think the biggest mistake that we make is Maybe we receive that email of somebody saying like, hey, thank you so much for your podcast. I tuned into a recent episode. I love it. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you. Then we reply and say, oh, awesome. You're so welcome. And (laughs) then that's it. Like that's your opportunity for engagement. That's your opportunity to say thank you so much for tuning in. That's awesome. What was your biggest takeaway from the episode? Or are there other topics that I haven't had on the podcast that you think would be great? Or how did you find out about the podcast? There's so much exploration that we can do in all of these engagement opportunities. And I think that that's lost a lot. So if you are looking to build that engagement, if you do have followers and you post on social media and someone comments on it, reach out to them in a direct message and continue the conversation or do it right there on the thread even better because, you know, I don't know a ton about algorithms anymore. I kind of gave up on trying to figure that all out, but (laughs) (laughs) who knows if you get a conversation going in one of your comment threads, maybe that will expose it to more people and in the calls to action, you mentioned calls to action. I do think that there's a big opportunity for engagement there and encouraging people to reach out to you, encouraging people to follow you on the social media channel that you're on the most, encouraging people to share the show with their friends and with other people. So I, I think that engagement can be looked at in a very narrow way. And I think that if we kind of just open our minds up a little bit to all the different ways that it can happen, that we'll find it's a lot easier than we're making it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's about being genuine too. I find that I've started even saying things at the end in my broadcast. And then I still have my outro that says, hey, if you liked this, share it with someone you know. But it's almost like if you're a listener, you know that already. You know you know that's coming. Yeah. So I've actually started putting this into the body of the show a little bit, which I think, you know, that's another point that 
we can infuse these calls to action in different spaces as well as you're going through, whether even if it's an article, it doesn't have to be a podcast episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Testing them out in different places. And I think that the more that you show people that you're there for that engagement, the more, you know, I've had people come up to me all the time and say, like, I've heard you say a million times to reach out to you in your podcast episodes, but I kind of just figured that's something that you said and you probably get a bazillion emails. So I didn't do it. And I'm like, (laughs) this is because people have maybe reached out to someone and someone didn't get back to them. So these are all your opportunities Mm -hmm. to show people like, no, I am actually here. I do want to engage. Like, (laughs) let's do this. That's why you're here today. That's how you're here. <laughs> from yeah, and reach exactly. out, right? So, reach from out outreach, so. <laughs> so I, I want to go back. You mentioned about the idea of transparency and how that builds in terms of that honesty and people figuring out in, in building communities, like who they should follow, who they can trust. And, you know, one of the things that you have done In your business since the beginning of Entrepreneurs on Fire, the podcast has been releasing and actually you built content around the whole piece now, your income reports, your monthly income reports. And I find this so fascinating. You know, I always follow course creators who talk about their launch and really say like, hey, I'm doing a live about the breakdown of my X, Y, and Z, because there's so many insights and and pieces you can extract from that and what really happens and, and all of those things. So can you talk to us about that idea and how you came about with it? And you have been doing this since 2012. So we just published number 118. <laughs> so we've done a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, going back to the beginning of the episode, this was something very early on. John was very inspired by Pat Flynn in this respect. Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, he was Mm -hmm. publishing income reports, and he was someone that John followed early on as a podcaster and an entrepreneur. And it was very encouraging for John because it showed him that there was someone out there doing this and actually making money doing it. And so he said, if I ever get to a point where I'm generating revenue, I want to share with people how I'm doing it too. And so we got to the point of starting to generate revenue. And then even at that point, it even felt like, okay, wait, we can't just do this because we're generating revenue. Like people have to know that there was a point that we weren't generating revenue too, that there was a point where we were only spending money Because only then are we really showing up to what we say that we want to do with our business, which is inspire entrepreneurs to believe that they can make this happen. And if all you're doing is sharing all the amazing things and the great launches and, you know, the numbers Mm -hmm. on the outside and not truly the numbers of like, that's great if you grossed that in a launch, but what was your net? How much did you spend on advertising? What did you spend on Facebook ads? Like the whole whole (laughs) (laughs) And so... At the point that we published our first income report, we actually published what we called the first 365 days. So we went back to literally day one of like John having the idea to start the business, all the money that he invested in mentors and masterminds and podcast equipment. And, you know, we bootstrapped a lot. And we share that too, because there's a lot of people who are intimidated by, am I going to have to invest tens of thousands of dollars into this, not knowing if it's going to work? Well, no, you don't have to. You can, but you don't have to. And so we really wanted to pull back the curtain and be able to share that entire journey with people. 
The income reports were a great way for us to do that because it's not something that a lot of people do. Yes, a lot of people will post again and share those gross numbers. Not a lot of people will share their net numbers. So it's something that, especially when we got to a point in our business where we made quite a shift that was maybe not in line with a lot of the hire more people, scale bigger, make more money, build more courses. We kind of found that, wait a second, we've built a lifestyle business and we know that we don't want to spend 60 hours a week working. Was there a period of time where we were doing that to build our business? Yes, but that's not the long game for us. The long game for us is helping people create freedom in their lives while we live that, while we have freedom in our lives. And so we wanted to show that through our income reports too. Like if you look at our income over the past five, six, seven years, it's pretty steady. We have not increased our revenue year over year, but that's on purpose. And so talking about that and showing that your business doesn't have to look one certain way for it to be successful, like you get to define that. So there's just so many things that our income report has allowed us to do, not only that transparency, but it's helped us show by example how we're living the life that we want to live while running the business that we want to run without being impacted by the million shiny objects and the 10 different social media platforms you can be on and all the ads that you could be running for your business. We don't run ads in our business. And so I think I wish that more businesses would talk about that kind of stuff because I think that a lot of people would understand better that there are so many different ways to run a business. Yeah, I love that concept because it's something like I talk with my girlfriends about, right? Like we all have our own definition of success, but we don't necessarily have that conversation outward all the time. Like we have it amongst ourselves of it's okay because I'm able to drive my kids somewhere or do something in those ways. We don't all have to want the same thing. And one thing, you know, about what you were saying too is like you've kept a really lean team. You know, it's the two of you and some virtual assistants and some contractors, like, you know, you didn't do all the shiny objects like, oh, well, we need to have this and it's a full-time that and we have a building now and every, you know, butts in all the seats type of thing. You know, you really kept it lean and it shows that, it shows other people that they can do it that way as well, right? You know, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about, oh, hire, hire this, hire that, get your CFO, you know, your CFO, these type of things. And it's like, no, you can just have your accountant. That's all you need. Your accountant to handle certain things. Maybe a bookkeeper who comes in, you know, those type of things. There's multiple ways to handle it in terms of the team. Mm -hmm. And it's never meant to be in a way that like, this is the way that it should be done. It's just, this is the way that it could be done. Yeah. And I also think, you know, it gives the ability to, if you ever wanted to set a goal for yourself or something, like other people might say, hey, I'm going to start sharing transparency, but I also want to work up to X. Like there's some accountability there as well. Like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to meet my goal and doing it in a public forum (laughs) is really some accountability, right? Like I better keep working at this or I'm going to have to talk about it next month. Big time. And to your point, there's so many different ways that you can do that. I know that sharing your income is not for everyone, and I don't expect that everyone would do that. 
like I said, that was really uncomfortable for me in the beginning. And I had a lot of (laughs) doubts about whether or not that was the right thing to do. Just in terms of like my personal feelings about outwardly sharing finances, but that all goes back to growing up not really talking about finances. And so that was an uncomfortable thing for me. Now I feel great about it. I love that we share this, but it might not be your finances for you. It might be something else, regardless of what it is. To your point, that accountability is so strong when you put something out there, when you share something, even if it is offline with a group of girlfriends or your mastermind or Mm -hmm. colleagues that you get together with every once in a while, ask for that accountability. There's no shame in asking for that. And it can help you along the way in so many ways. Oh, definitely. And one piece I want to note as well before we move on from the income reports is you actually really, you guys crafted this content. Like you're not just slapping a PDF up there. Like there's a podcast episode. There are now like your tax expert comes in and does a segment and talks about it. Like it's such a marvelous example of like expansion in your content, like taking an idea and then building upon it And now that's another piece of content on its own as well. Thank you for that. We have worked really hard and the income reports are not a super fast and easy thing to put together every month. As you said, we do a tax tip with our tax professional. We do a legal tip every other month with our lawyer. We also do a rundown of what we've been working on in the business, what's going well, what's not going well. We share a our biggest lesson learned every month. So yeah, it is a bigger compilation of a lot of things. And when you talk about community, when you talk about that connection that you can create with your audience, the income report is something that we very early on got a lot of really positive feedback around. And we took that opportunity to, as I was speaking to earlier, continue that conversation and ask people, what else would be helpful for you to have in these income reports? And I think that That's a huge part of community building when you talk about bringing people in and building that know, like, and trust is, are you really in this for me or are you in it for you and you're kind of pretending that you're in it for me? When you ask people what they're looking for and then you actually deliver that, that is a great sign for people that you are actually in it for them. So, I mean, I wish I could take credit for what our income reports look like today, but that's (laughs) Fire Nation asking us to do that and us saying, okay, if this is what you want, like, we'd love to put that together. So I I think that's, yeah. Yeah, it just shows that it doesn't have to stop here. And you're getting some of that influence and ideas from your audience, like, but the follow through on it, you know, that's really the piece Mm -hmm. because it just shows us that we all have these nuggets of things, right? Like we all have a nugget that can really be expanded into something. So let me ask you, when you, you know, you give so much, you have so many free resources just with the podcast, your podcast, like you have three podcasts. The income report is a podcast, another one, you know, another piece of content. There's so many resources but you also have courses and a membership. So how does that work for you in terms of, you know, I want to talk about Podcasters Paradise, where you're teaching people to monetize and grow their podcast or create and monetize and grow. Do you ever feel people can get lost and like, oh, I'm just going to go through the back catalog first and then I'll get in here? Every day. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
And I think that's kind of what happens over 10 years of running a business, right? Like there are a lot of things that we've launched and we've closed down over the years. And there's some things that we've launched and that we've kept going for Podcasters Paradise is hitting 10 years in October. I mean, we've been running that community pretty much since the beginning. And sure, there's going to be a certain part of our audience that comes to listen to the podcast and they don't want to learn how to podcast. So Podcasters Paradise isn't for them, which is great. That's fine. There are going to be some people who come and they don't like listening to podcasts, but they find value in our blog. And so they stick around and they read the blog content. And I think that recognizing that while you do have an avatar, while you do have an ideal audience member that you need to focus on and keep in mind when you're creating new things, that there are also always going to be other people too. Mm -hmm. That there will be people who come to you that are not your avatar, but who still gain a lot of value through your content. And I'm not saying that you should be focused on creating things for those people, but just recognize that there's still potential for them to come through. And and that's a good thing, right? So we've tried to be, and we've done a lot of pivots and a lot of testing and a lot of changes over the year to test this. But from the standpoint of what is that journey that you take somebody on from the time that they find out about the podcast or the moment that they hit the website, how do you introduce them to what you have to offer so that they have a little sampling of everything and can then choose their own adventure? We've worked really hard on this and we've figured out that maybe the simplest way to do it is to get people to sign up for our email list and to create a welcome series that introduces them to our brand and to our values and what we're all about. So that has become really our main goal when somebody hits a website, when somebody listens to the podcast. We know that if they are interested in the content and they want to learn more, if they sign up for our newsletter, we put together a welcome series and each of the emails in our welcome series introduces them to just one little part of what we do in our business all of them free resources, all of them giving people an opportunity to check out, is podcasting for you? If Mm -hmm. so, we have a free podcast course. Are you focused on goal setting right now? If so, we have a free goals course. Are you focused on building your funnels right now? If so, we have a course on funnels that we'd love to introduce you to. And all of these free courses in this content then go into funnels for paid products or affiliate products that we are partnered up with other people on. So it becomes quite the work of art. Yes. (laughs) But But, you know, if somebody is only coming to Entrepreneurs on Fire to get inspiration and motivation from the podcast, that's our goal. So our main goal with our business is to have more people tune into the podcast, gain more value from the interviews, and to be inspired and motivated to start their own business. And I also think those people, you know, I ask you that question because it it comes up, right? But we don't think of people as dollar signs and just convert, convert, because I also think people who listen can get something out of it and share that podcast or tell their friend. I mean, we are always in these groups in our different communities and our different at a party talking about something and say, oh, hey, you got to check that out or this, that, and the next mm-hmm. thing, right? So that helps the ripple widen. Definitely. You know, so even if they don't, so I, I truly believe that. 
And, you know, I do love that you say to, as one of the ways is like, make sure you tell your friends and family and tell people about it, right? Like we also don't tell people enough what we're doing. So let me know one thing inside of Podcaster's Paradise that you do that's kind of unique or you um, really works in terms of engagement. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, and I know that a lot of people in your audience are course creators or they have membership sites. And, and anybody who has created a course or run a membership or a mastermind or any type of paid group coaching, anything like that, <laughs> that interaction with that community is very different to your interaction with your overall main community. Because in a lot of ways, you're niching down, right? These people have come to you and are paying you money for a specific outcome and how you deliver that outcome through the community that you create and the connections that you're able to create, whether that's between you and your customers. It, we've found in our case, especially with Podcasters Paradise, it's not only the connection that we're bringing to myself and John, it's the connection of the community with one another as well. Mm -hmm. So many people, uh, this uh, was probably five, six years ago, we posted in our private Facebook group and we asked people why they joined Podcasters Paradise. And you know how you can you can give certain options, but then you can also allow people to add an option. So our options were for the video tutorials, for the PDF downloads and the samples, for the monthly live Q&As, for access to John and Kate. And those options were chosen here and there, but somebody from the community wrote in for this community, mm -hmm. for to be surrounded by like-minded people, to have this support and to know that I'm not alone on this journey, to know that the struggle that I'm having, that somebody else has had that struggle too. Overwhelmingly, like 98% of people then chose that answer. And for us within the community... Wow. yeah. That just shifted like how we showed up, right? Because then we knew how important it was for people that they know that they're surrounded by like-minded people. And so now it's not so much like what can John and I do for you? It's how can we get the community more involved? Mm -hmm. So we're constantly encouraging people to share their wins. We do a weekly email digest where the first thing at the top of the digest every week is a screenshot of somebody's win that they've shared in the Facebook group so that everybody can celebrate that win. On our live Q&As, it's not John and I just like talking out and answering questions. We do a Zoom. Everybody's on video. It's an open communication. It's not just, you know, a one-sided conversation. So we've really tried to, I guess, not have the focus be on like, how can we help you? It's how can you all help each other as well with John and I being there to support that. And I think that a lot of community building and development inside of courses Certainly having the private Facebook group has been huge for us. That has mm -hmm. been such a, a great platform for us. And in a lot of courses and communities that I've seen, when that interaction isn't encouraged and when there's not somebody keeping the pace with the conversation on a platform like that in some type of setting where people can openly communicate with each other 24-7... I think that that has, it, it might not be super unique, but I feel like it's super unique for our community. Yeah. I mean, in all of my work with entrepreneurs in courses and memberships, like they come for the content, 
they stay for the community. I mean, that has mm-hmm. really been a tenant of the work that I do in getting them to build that out, build that community piece out, because that is the joy in it, right? Like, we don't want to be going through this. We're solopreneurs, but we don't have to go through this by ourselves. So we mm-hmm. seek out these communities. We seek out masterminds. We seek out groups and ways to connect. So anything that course and membership sites owners can do to to build that in, I think is only going to keep that community getting stronger and keep people there. So for sure. Yeah, that facilitation isn't easy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not easy. Thank you so much. This has been such an amazing whirlwind of thoughts. I really want to encourage everyone to go and check out eofire.com and Kate's Takes as well, her podcast. All of them are on all of the platforms. You'll be able to find everything. We'll have links on the show notes as well. And you know, I know a number of my listeners are podcasters. So check out Podcasters Paradise. They're doing some really interesting things in there. And you know, we're all on this trajectory to try and grow and build and get our voices out and get our thoughts out. And that's one way that you can get support to do that. So thank you so much for your time, Kate. Sandra, thank you so much for inviting me on. I loved our chat. Like you said, there's so many different ways to go with this conversation, right? Hopefully those tuning in found value in today's content. I'm 100% sure of that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.